Hello everyone and welcome to the third Ishan Shastri podcast. My name is Cameron and I'm joined once again by the Prince of Jaipur. It is Mr. Ash Shastri. How are we, Ash? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you doing? It's been an issue trying to start because it turns out for the last 30 minutes I've been on mute uh, and for some reason Ash couldn't hear me. Uh, anyway, this week I thought we'd crack it off with today it got announced the three, was it four, ICC winners. So we have the overall player of the year being Shaheen Shah Afridi, uh, the T20 player being Rizwan, uh, ODI being Babarazam, and the test player being Josiah Root. Um, very Pakistan heavy there. Uh, Ash, give me your feelings on, let's start with the T20 player in Rizwan. Do you agree with that or have you got someone else in mind? Well, I don't see any other player who can come anywhere near Rizwan. I've been uh, following him for quite a few years and uh, I think he's brilliant when it comes to building up a T20 knock. He is a very busy kind of mm. player. He plays it all around, all around the wicket. He does not take too many risks. He plays sensible shots. He knows where his gaps are and uh, I think against... Uh, Quality spinners, he's uh, quite handy. He, I saw him play one I shot. Think I think he's improved so much. Uh, yeah. I think it was uh, in England, I think uh, he was facing Rashid. And yeah. It was quite a full ball, I think, like almost over pitch, you can say. And he went down on his knee and he slot swept it through mid-wicket for four. And I thought, okay, yeah, that may be like a one uh, one time fluke shot sort of a thing I think he did that like three or four times in, the, the, in that very game that was quite impressive in the World Cup against India I think with the, all the arch rivalry aside all the, the pain that came with it aside I think with all humility I think he played a brilliant knock that day he was uh, mm. mightily impressive and I think he even though India got a decent score, then uh, he left India with no chance. I think in uh, in Babarazam, in, in, in Babarazam, he has a wonderful partner as well. Someone you do seem to fancy quite. Someone you you do seem to fancy quite a lot. Uh, yes, I do like Baba. Um, I think what's interesting about them at the top, and 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 fancy in the way you all are thinking. <laughs> Uh well I'm I'm very happy you you got that picture of us that time. Um anyway, I I do like that combination at the top of the order for Pakistan in T20. Just it's I think it's quite different to what you see around the world. There's not really a brutal hitter out of the two of them. Yet they are absolutely uh wonderful up at the top uh, as was seen against your good India uh in the World Cup and they can be very dominant up there but just playing a bit differently. Um I had a bit of a different shout for T20 player, kind of a rejig, and that being Shine Shafridi being my T20 player. Uh, I obviously he was totally dominant in the World Cup, but just he was really, I think, the standout star. Um, but I, I've pushed him there really because I wanted to move space for someone else as my overall ICC player of the year, which we'll come to uh, at the end. Babara Azam as ODI player. I think we had a little discussion that maybe we've got someone else who who could take that title. 
But I would say Yeniman Milan, he played uh, two more games to score 100 more runs. Mm. And I think uh, in a team in, team in transition like South Africa, I think he deserves that credit. Even um, Rassi, for example, he has been good for them for quite a while, but he has never been, he was never got his due credit. So he could be in the shower. But I think uh, Milan was a better player. Uh, Paul Sterling is one name, which uh, I think uh, because he's from uh, a former associate country, people tend to forget his contributions quite easily. He's uh, one of the finest uh, associate players we've had. I think he does a pretty good job at that. I think he's a like uh, he's a, a kind of player Aaron Finch thought he could become. And they look similar too. Um, no, he I, had, I... He, he had. 300 more runs than Barbara Zam as well. So I thought that Milan could have been one. But uh, we need to give a shout out to someone like uh, Sterling for yeah. being so consistent for so many years. I, I think that's a great shout. I think Yanaman Milan, it would be my uh, pick too. Um, it was interesting to see the team, the ODI team of the year, only had, well, didn't have, sorry, any player from your big four, your New Zealand, uh, India. Uh, Australia, England, which kind of just shows that this was not a year that IDI cricket was um, prioritised. But anyway, no, you were right to mention Paul Sterling. Test player, is there any doubt, Ash, over the Messiah that is Joseph Root? Well, he has been doing his fair share of uh, carrying this uh, abysmal English side on his shoulders. So mm. I think that's the least uh, he can deserve for what whatever he has done. Because uh, other names, if 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 we are to look at, uh, uh, I think like uh, if we are to look at other players in Test cricket, because we are going to come to England at uh, at some point. But I think like Pat Cummins has to be right up there. Manas uh, Labush Kakne, Luzbas Change, Labushain, whatever you want to call him. I agree with all this, as and I was going to say something about does roots claim for player of the year is it hampered by the loss in Australia but probably not and and why I'd say of course Cummins was exceptional in the recent series of course Marnus is now the best test well according to the rankings best test batsman in the world um, for me they don't come into the reckoning because they've really only played one test series being against us at the end of the year whereas Joe Root has done it throughout the year you know absolutely superb in the subcontinent at the beginning of the year. People forget yep. him and Sri Lanka, yep. the double hundred. That first test against India in those, what well, that was the kindest of conditions, but he was the only batsman standing up to the likes of Ravi Ashwin and co. Uh, and then equally over here, uh, when India toured here, again, it was Roots scoring the big runs. So I think yep. for the if you look at the year as a whole, there really was no other candidate than Joe Root to win that. Look, there are there have been quite a few there have been very few players who have looked good while playing in the subcontinent like i can name quite a few mm. that i loved watching i think uh, if you are to look at uh, englishmen i would say alastair cook has to be right up there and uh, sora's uh, kp he was br he was brilliant yeah um and uh, i i felt uh, Michael Clark was pretty pretty good against the spin. Michael Clark doesn't get respected enough in my view. 
he's he's a he's a great of the game actually. I I really do, really do think about that about Michael Clark. He paid the price of uh, succeeding all those Aussie legends. He was not at par with those guys, so I think he he missed out. He was a better player of spin than Mike Hussey. That's I, I for agree. Sure. But he's that post-Ponting era. Post-Ponting era, exactly. He was yeah. a better player of spin than uh, Mike Hussey. And uh, with all the Mr. Cricket stuff behind him, <sighs> he never did enough in the subcontinent. I love Mr. Cricket. Yeah. And uh, another player, A.B. de Villiers. A.B. de Villiers, you missed out. A.B. de Villiers was quite, na- quite handy. Was he? Was he quite handy? Yeah. Yep. He, he was all right, wasn't he, A.B.? Um but getting back Maybe, to it, yeah. do we agree Root as our test player? Definitely, yep. Excellent. Uh, and so now just getting back to finally the overall winner, ICC Player of the Year. And, you know, Shane Sharfridi, top player. I, I don't, I'm not too upset, but I like. I, said, I wanted to go for something different. And I found it a crime that no New Zealand player has been included. You know, getting to the final of the T20s, uh, World Cup, winning the inaugural World Test Championship. So for me, and, and I think the the real kind of find of the year, as it were, Devon Conway, for me, I just thought his first Test match uh, against us at Lords, you know, turned up. Devon Conway, that, 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 that's a pretty The innings show, he played against show, us yeah. uh, in the World Cup semi-final when it all looked a bit at a loss. Uh, and I do think he was a huge loss in that final. Uh, and then look, he's come into the test side, not replacing, but uh, while Kane has been out, he's batted at three. Uh, and I know it's Bangladesh, but still they beat him in the first test. I think he turned up in both. Did he turn up in both games? Yeah. Uh, he just looks an imperious batsman and uh, obviously played a crucial part in them winning the World Test Championship and he's going to do for a while longer. So for me, give it to Devon. And I think he's one of my favourite batsmen to watch out there right now. I think he's... Uh the one to look out for. I think he ticks all the boxes. He's he's quite watchable as a batsman. He has shots all around. He can play all formats. He yeah. can keep. I think there is a, I, uh, there is like a 10% tinge of Brendan McCullum that I see in him with a bit of classiness, with a, with a bit of uh, Stephen Fleming in him. Oh, that's an interesting shout about McCullum. Uh, because... McCullum was all uh, like uh, into your face and he was like uh, coming at you when they had their backs against the walls. I think he is the man who should be thanked for building this uh, this Kiwi side. No, I agree. He he gave them that belief that they could uh, they could win and they could literally demolish sides in New Zealand. They made them uh, he made them formidable at home. Very true. So I think he he created this team somewhat, yep. Well, let us know who you think should have been, well, or if you agree that it should be Shane Sharfridi, who is your player of the year overall? That'll be really interesting to hear about for 2021. Um, let's move on to kind of a roundup of uh, India's tour of South Africa. Obviously, since we last spoke, South Africa have gone on to win uh, the Test Series and the ODI Series. But I think the biggest fallout from these last couple of weeks has been Kohli stepping down as test captain. Uh, huge news, Ash. And I just wanted to hear, you know, again, you are the spokesperson for the All of India. Give us, what was the reaction over there when Kohli dropped the bombshell that was that he was uh, stepping down? 
Well, I could uh, literally see people in tears and there were news programs dedicated to allege what a legend he was. And uh, people were like uh, holding up his jersey in his found memories and uh, people were shedding tears, offering flowers and uh, whatnot. As if he was never going to play for India anyway. But uh, all yeah. these uh, theatrics aside, I think we had it coming for quite some time. Like uh, India did uh, do exceptionally well in Australia with the whatever 11 they fielded there. That was, I think, possibly one of the biggest uh, turnaround of this century for sure. Then uh, India demolished uh, England back in England. And then I think uh, since that uh, T20 World Cup, the the and the rifts, the cracks within the team, they appear to like widen quite a bit. There's a clear rift between the way Ganguly wants uh, this team to be taken ahead and how uh, Kohli see, sees things. And with the uh, yes-man coach in Ravi Shastri gone, mm-hmm. I thought it was only a matter of time that there was some uh, change in the, in the captaincy as well. Rahul Dravid has openly criticised uh, Virat Kohli in uh, one of his uh, former interviews, uh, saying that, okay, you can be a good player, but you don't need uh, tattoos to prove that. Prove that, And uh, you can uh, be a good player without all those funky hairstyles and tattoos. So, I think that was an indirect dig at Kohli. You think it was always coming? I think it was meant to happen. Like, he hasn't been the same ever since uh, since the lockdown. I think the first lockdown, that is. First of many, let's hope not. But uh, I, although he has still been, like, uh, performing quite well, but uh, he's just uh, not getting hundreds. Like, even now, people say his ODI record is uh, absolute uh, shambles. But he, is, uh, he has had what, like? 11-15 in the last 15 games or so. Something like that. Right. His record is pretty good. But then I think it's uh, the way that he's been uh, failing to convert uh, his great starts into hundreds for like in a regular basis. And I think mm. more than like the number of runs he scored. Because of course, come on. It was uh, always going to come down to this. That at one day he, he would not be able to convert them anymore. He may have. He may have retired or he may have like had a dip in form. So that was expected. But then it's uh, the manner in which he's getting out these days. And even more than that, what uh, disappoints me the most is like the the lack of care, the lack of respect, the lack of concern he shows for him losing his wicket. Do you think like earlier he used to get out and he used to be like all all gutted, all disappointed. But now I don't see that ha- that happen to him as much. He just happens you, to like get on with things. Do you think that him stepping down as captain will now kind of accelerate his batting back to his lofty powers that once were? Well, I think uh, there is uh, a lot... Uh, in his mind, a lot going on inside his head, which is uh, not entirely cricket related. I think, he, like, I, I'll tell you yesterday's incident that uh, 
his uh, wife and his daughter they came uh, to the ground and she was just like uh, showing her off like uh, simba from lion king <laughs> throughout the game but uh, today she released a statement that uh, oh please uh, i was absolutely unaware that cameras are going to be there at a cricket ground yeah. so please don't share the pictures of her and uh, don't do that and don't do this so i think he, they become like uh, they being like him and anushka of course they become like limelight hogging couple and he seems to have lost a bit of his focus from the game that's what i feel like he didn't have to do that honestly like he could have just uh, let go with the flow and then nothing would have happened and if he were to be like that cautious about uh, his daughter being at the ground he simply shouldn't have brought her there or should have kept her indoors which is quite easily manageable for someone like him of course i agree with him that uh, um, he gets to choose whether what sort of a privacy his family and family members they deserve but uh, if uh, he brings uh, her to the ground to show show her off to the world then i think he should be ready for the consequences as well yeah and i did see that uh, is, uh, i think uh, it, it, in the pa- in in the in the past year or so is is uh, uh, surrendered captaincy for four of his teams now so yeah. i don't know what's going yeah. on inside his head uh yeah of course with bangalore as well i i honestly thought when he i i'm surprised he's done it all so you normally see maybe a player uh relinquishing his international captaincy and then staying on for many a year uh for his franchise uh team as their captain kind of like what MS has done um but MS he, done, he yeah. went the other way around you know he 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 decided that was enough was enough with RCB and you kind of thought well this would mean that he's really focusing now on India uh and it's only taken a few months later for like you say for him to relinquish all his captaincy duties um i guess the big question is who is next i think the media hyped up kl rahul but uh, i don't see him uh, being a candidate who's good enough to be india's captain like uh, he does not have uh, what it takes to be to captain a team like india he does not have he's not ballsy enough as a captain to be be in that uh, in that role like we saw what happened to punjab kings we are going to see what is going to happen to the lucknow team by the way they are named lucknow super giants i saw that that's upset me because they are owned they are they are owned owned by the same group right that 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 annoyed me that did but anyway yeah next week everyone join us it will be like an ipl auction preview special that will be the topic of conversation unless something mental goes goes down in beforehand but uh so join us for that ipl fans anyway continue sorry who is the next captain for india i think right now i don't see anyone other than uh, rohit sharma right people thought of rishabh pant being an outsider to be the captain but then everyone Bloody saw yeah. how reckless he can be mm. and he needs some uh, brain to be able to handle such things well, so perhaps we should I'll quickly give, give a little you, mention le- to about rishabh's 100 in that last innings uh in the final test match uh like you really have seen in this test series 
the good and the bad of Rashad Pant. Like when he's bad, he's really bad. But when yeah. he's good, he's he's extraordinary. Uh, he must be one of those players you just tear your hair out at because you know the talent he possesses. But my gosh, when it goes wrong, it really goes wrong. I think uh, I have been saying it for quite some time that uh, the day India starts uh, experimenting with Pant as an opener is the day he's going to turn out uh, to be the next Virendra Sehwag. Really? You think he's going to have that sort of an impact? Like they did, they did that with Sehwag. It turned out well. They did that with Rohit, and they basically saved that uh, shit guy's career to make him like one of the finest batsmen in the world right now. Wow. And now I think the same can happen with Pant as well. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I've seen a lot about it being uh Rohit Sharma, but isn't he like thirty four? It's not really uh posi- I know that captain is normally an experienced player and so on but do you think there's any worry that you know his career his india career uh you know it's not got many a year to build under his captaincy would you not think a kl rahul or so on or maybe a bit of an outside shout like a shreyas ayer who you would imagine will be coming to the squad at some point he has that kind of captaincy experience anyone like that coming through a younger captain well that uh is another issue with this side that they don't uh, really have anyone who has uh, had an extended run or a run long enough to be ready to be India's captain. Give it to Njinki Rahane. Because you see, give it to Rahane. He's again 34. Yeah, give it to Pujara. Cool. He can barely walk these days. That is yeah. true. Yeah. Give it to Ashwin. Give it to Ashwin. I have uh, not seen him win more than a couple of games. Uh, Outside India, he's like a, he's an absolute home track bully. But he's very good on it <laughs> at home. Very good. So, okay. No, like uh, there have been many, ga- many a game. There have been many games where uh, we've had uh, things like, okay, day five, India can do well. It's all up to Ashwin to do well. And then uh, the entire com box, everyone was like trying to justify like, oh, he had a niggle. He didn't have uh, the rhythm going on for him. He didn't have uh, he didn't have something or the other to like uh, some lame ass excuses as to why he just couldn't deliver. Like I like guys who can uh, deliver under pressure. I prefer those kind of cricketers. Sure, I'm gonna link try yep. and link this Ashwin talk into my final question about the uh, South Africa tour, and that was India versus a whole nation. In super sport and by what I mean by this is for those who don't know in the last <laughs> test match there was this very odd like conflict going on between the Indian cricket team and uh, the home uh, broadcaster which is super sport and this kind of I, I still don't really get what what was the massive issue there was a DRS call uh, which India got very upset about on Dean Elgar which to be fair you know from the naked eye it looked well that's likely to hit and then uh, ball tracker showed it going over and then you've got Ashwin commenting which you know is not a, not a new thing after the game Kale Rahul and then you had Kohli shouting at the stump mic about super sport and you know the whole country is against him and all this stuff um, try and give me a reasoning for this kind of behaviour from the outside it looked it looked rather odd and what was your opinion on uh, on the Kohli versus super sport uh, battle that was going on Oh, I would say salty grapes, nothing else. 
bitter grapes, salty grapes, nothing else. It was odd. Like, they were losing the game. They they couldn't turn it around. I don't understand why uh, why they had to behave like that. I'm uh, shocked that Kohli was not uh, fined or even banned for yeah, those crazy. kind of things. Any other captain, he would have received a one-game ban. So, Kohli, yep. And uh, shameful of ICC to to not, not give him anything yet. If one fact that ICC is run by the BCCI, uh, he could have been facing some difficulties. Yeah, absolutely true. But uh, it, uh, yeah, it was just—it was a very funny incident, um, just showing that the pressure was really getting to them at that last point. And uh, as Dean Elgo came out after and just said they—they they were loving it, the South Africans, um, seeing all of like India's attention, like suddenly off the game and on this like imaginary foe which was super sport it was very <laughs> odd like the fact that they're trying to think that super sport that the tv broadcasters as it could like affect the drs uh ball tracking system like there's a little man in a box behind the ground kind of he has all these different uh pictures ready like oh uh, an lbw against dean elgar will m- make it so it's just missing uh and we'll just play that one <laughs> quick 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 it was it was crazy uh it, I, I couldn't understand it but they were properly rattled. It was very funny from the outside. Sorry to break it out to Kohli and Co, but uh, they are not the center of the world. Like the world doesn't care about them as much as they think they do. Yeah. Uh, I think it was just like a, a part and parcel of like uh, the the error in the system, if it were to be that. Yeah. But uh, it, the behavior was totally uncalled for. Yes, it was. Um. Let's move on, uh, but again, send us in who you think should be the next Indian captain, because uh, it it's a very interesting one. Uh, I do think uh, it will be key for, obviously, the future for India, but as we know, India are uh, the key king players of international cricket, so whoever captains them, uh, it's going to affect us all somehow. Um, but let's move on to something that affected me greatly, and that was, of course, the Ashes. Um, we don't need to go over it that much, mainly for my own mental health. Um, it was a series that really, after the first ball, seemed destined for an embarrassing English loss. Uh, although we, you know, we we did our best to get a, a draw with Jimmy England Anderson at the end. England were dog shit, period. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Anderson at the end in Sydney. Uh, it, there wasn't many positives to come from the tour. Obviously, we've lost it 4-0. Um the only positive that I can tell is that uh, Zach Crawley could pull Cummins off a length for about half a session, uh, and that was about it. Um, but we've had a question in. This isn't the question section, as it were, but we're putting it into this, and it's what we're going to talk a bit, because obviously, yes, Australia, great. Don't want to talk about them. What I need to try and work out is where this England team goes from here. So we've had a question from our well, how, how, our leader-in-chief, Hive Green, Mr. Alan Smith, our captain, um, and he has basically asked us to construct our own what team we would have the starting eleven for our next for the next Test match, which I believe is in the West Indies. Uh, so bear that in mind when going into it. Um, yep. So let's go with the two openers, Ash. Who 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 would you have? I'll I think I'll uh, proceed with Crawley. I'll have him. I'll give him give him this whole summer. Yeah. To see how he goes. 
Yeah, I think, I think we've got no choice at this point. Yeah, I think. Do you do you have someone in mind? Uh, I'm going Zach, uh, but I I uh, see. I want to put this out there, a disclaimer to everyone listening. The the names I'm putting down here and in the positions that they are, I really have no confidence in ninety percent of them. It's just what I kind of hope will come good. Uh, that's I, I want that to be out there. <laughs> when I'm saying this, there is no certainty in what I'm talking about, um, and and I it is just wishful thinking in the most part. Um, I'm feeling low, uh, but yes, the 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 oh, uh, dad joke alert. But the only hope England are gonna have is uh, going to be playing against against them. Yeah. Oh, when Shay. Yeah. Oh, I love Shay. Um, yeah. Anyway, so my other opener, I know Burns came back in, and everyone was saying with his magical mane of hair that he looked a bit better, but still. At the end of the day, was out for 26. I feel almost sick saying it, but give him another chance. Give it to Hasib. I'm saying this because I want him to come good. Again, not because I actually think he will, but I'm hopeful. I feel we need someone with his kind of dogged attitude. And also, when we're playing in the subcontinent and on those uh, lower spinning pitches, I think Zach's deficiencies against that will be very evident but Hasib makes up for it very good against uh, against spin and so I would just persist with him and hope that something clicks eventually because I do think he is well, the best we've got with Zach both of them are really untested in foreign conditions so yeah for me it's Zach and Hasib who's your other opener after Crawley well I think uh, Hasib uh, has, has had a lot of problems with the short ball I think he's going to struggle quite a lot. He's going to be okay in the subcontinent tours that are going to, that are going to come, but uh, but he's I not, don't see him good enough for uh, for the t- sure, for West but, Indies. But he's not going to be playing. They're going they're going to they're, they're going to try and bounce him out. Yeah, but the West Indies tracks aren't. He's not playing in South Africa and Australia every week. Do you know what I mean? He's he's going to struggle there. I think that's inevitable. But for the majority so, of tracks we're going to play on around the world, I think Hamid can do an okay job and that is all i'm looking for at this stage okay job yeah um number we can th- give him a go but i don't uh, expect much of him no so who ha- who have you got then i think uh, they can uh, bring james wins back in at least he's going to give oh, you those 30 my. runs so i was going to s- i was going to say well alan's got bears though well that's a silly decision as an opener and then you've gone and said vince like what am i living what times are we in vince and bears though to open i just mm-hmm. I-, I despair well, anyway, um, Vince is the biggest candidate for a nick-off in the history of cricket, I think. After his 20, 20 well, lovely at, drives, snick. Well, we'd take 20 at this point, to be fair. Precisely, precisely my point. At least he's going to give you those 20. Yeah. Um, okay. So, n- number three. Funnily enough, Alan and I agree, and it's an out-there one. That's why I say funnily enough. I'm going... For Ollie Pope, has he got any track record to back me up on this at the test level? Nope. However, and this has made nope. this decision has come more off the basis of one future prospect, and two, how bad he looked against the spin, and I'm just scared of having him in that middle order when you imagine the spin's going to be on, and he and he is very industrious against seam bowling. So for me, I'd like to just see him 
thrown in the deep end at number three because, again, we can't really get much worse. I know Milan is the incumbent at the moment and has done an okay job, but he was really brought in to face, you know, the bouncy pitches in Australia and he the first two tests did okay and after that was nowhere to be seen. And he's late, he's early mid-30s, so he's not the future. Let's give it to Oli and, you know, who knows? He might learn the position, he might not. Who cares at this point? What about you, Ash? Well, I think uh, had it been like 2018, my shout would have been uh, Sam Northeast. Sam Northeast. runs a day in, day out for Kent. Now at Four years ago, he would have been the... Yeah, I think... Is he is he at Glamorgan now? Yeah, he's moved from Hampshire. I think he's at Ham, he, Hampshire, yeah. So, I think when he was in his prime, I think he was the best candidate England had. He could could play all formats. He could score runs, but then they didn't uh, find him so called fancy enough to play for England. Mm. Right now, uh, I he falls, do not see any other player like he falls into that James Hildreth category. Not fancy enough for England. Absolutely, absolutely. Legend of the game, not good enough for England. Yeah, yeah. Um, what we do for James Hildreth now? Oh my goodness. Oh my! What a player! What a batsman! And what a man! And yeah, I, what a man! I met him at the country ground at Kent. Yep, so nice and generous with all the fans. Nice, nice. So, who's your number and, three, uh, Ash? I think. I think I'll uh, stick with Milan. Okay, okay. I, I think that's obviously the most likely for the next test in the West Indies. Um, yeah. Four and five. I think we can immediately skip sk- skip to four, skip to number six because I agree. Four it's... is has to be rude, and five will be Stokes. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. We've all done that. Uh, number six. Yeah. First off, can I get this out there? Alan Smith, you are wrong. Dan Lawrence is not an England number six. I cannot have it. I will not have it. I do not want to see it. So there Neither we are. Uh, yes, Ash and I are saying you're wrong, Neither Alan. When you, nope. If you're listening. Um, I've got obviously he's my champion and he's my big boy selection Johnny Bairstow number 6 did terrifically well he's a fighter and I just love him so Johnny Bairstow number 6 for me what about you Ash? Well England needs someone who can walk in at 30 for 4 and sort of have that counter punching effect and like give a quick fire 40, 50, 60 to get them out of Mm-hmm. Some trouble. I think Johnny is the man at the moment. Yeah, good old Johnny. If not, if not him, if not him, there are maybe one or two other candidates who can actually kind of replace him. What Joss? You may think of uh, Butler. Mm. Is one, and then uh, maybe. Uh, 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 oh yes, all these candidates that you can think on. of. Help, 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 help me out there! Like I'm struggling. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, oh, what, is there someone you're actually thinking of? Yep, Bilbo. Uh, 
I think I have him as my number seven, so he's... Oh he's my goodness, that, that's crazy, that is. And I love Bilbo, and I thought he did really well, and his attitude was great, but he's not my keeper. We all know who my keeper is. Then who is Ben Folks? Of course. Best-looking man in cricket, Ben Folks. He's, he's my number seven. But I think Bilbo actually should be now considered the backup keeper for me. Because his work with the gloves I think was he's, excellent. He's, he's a be- better keep, better keeper than Bearstow and Butler. Agreed, agreed. And it will do fine at number seven. Yeah, and I would say he has a better temperament than these two do. Bat, uh, long hours, and Test cricket as well. Agreed. And if you saw and I feel his interview on, I, after the first uh, first day when he went out to bat and. I think the question was thrown at him. He was like 80 mm. for five going out. How was it feeling on test debut and so on? Mm. And he was just saying, you know what? I reveled in it. I, I loved it. This is what I've dreamt of. And I just think, I'll be honest with you, most of the other England players, maybe they didn't have, he didn't have the baggage. But and I could be totally wrong. It's just my image from the outside. You don't feel Butler has that. Do you know what I mean? That want to fight. Mm. Uh, and, and, I, and I found that with Bil- Bilbo. Anyway, I'm a Kent man. I love Billings. So I think I, I think Butler had that, but then I think that uh, hit wicket dismissal of his it uh, absolutely broke him up. It it tore him apart. Right. What when he stepped on his thumbs? When he su- survived those two two hundred when he stepped on his thumbs, yeah. Yeah. All right. But so I think uh, uh, in the in the innings Bilbo played, I think he looked solid, and he looked like someone who wanted to go around fighting he wanted to like yeah. uh, show some metal before he eventually got out yeah uh okay so we've so alan and i have gone for ben folks you've gone for billings i'm not too upset with billings but i do think folks he deserves his long run in the side now he's the best gloveman in the country arguably the world uh and won't let you down with a bat number eight this is an interesting one for me um because this is the question where you go do you go bowler heavy or do you, in my eyes, you either give it to a, a Wokes slash Sam Curran, uh, who uh, on their day are going to be effective with the ball, but that is not always the case. Um, well, 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 I'm, well, well, I'm uh, gonna correct. Cur- I'm gonna correct you here that uh, oh, do. Curran is currently like in a rehab, so I think he may be unavailable for selection for quite a while. Oh, fair. Enough. I was kind of thinking like long term with yeah. our number eight. Yeah. Uh, long term. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you're right. As we're talking about the first test in the West Indies. Um, so the thing is, I'm putting Wokes in the team, but I know already months out, he's going to be ineffective. But I still think, because we're so light with batting, his extra 20-30 at the end will probably be useful. So that that's the state, the state of it. I've got Wokes there, even though I know it's not going to be that joyful. Well, the... Problem England have had is that they have uh, relied too heavily upon uh, bits and pieces players. Like they brought in Moin Ali, who was nothing more than that. Yeah. And he proved it eventually that he didn't have what it takes to be a successful test cricketer. He had yeah, a few knocks. He scored a few hundreds, took fivers. India made him look like the, the, the English Murali Dharan, but uh, uh, he didn't have it in him. And then uh, you have all these so-called batting, bowling, all-rounders coming in at uh, 8, 9, 10 and then they don't do the job. Chris Jordan yeah. was tried. Even Sam Curran at times. 
again uh, india did wonders to so many careers over time so mm. they were some of the lucky ones well yeah india's yeah, made sam current's career absolutely even more nalis yeah yeah well and when i say that not just their test careers even 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 their even, IPL even, careers. even even chris wolves for example that 100 yeah. lords yeah 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 um yeah crazy they're the big money that you get if you play well just in one test match against india it's it's, yeah. it's remarkable really isn't it um yeah. so you're number eight ash well uh, uh in the longer run i would have uh yofra as my number eight i just eight of okay so i think we need to say this i've got i've got joffre here he'd be my number nine but i know he's not gonna be playing so let's just joffre obviously makes our side once fit however he in my he can't be higher than nine for me he really one doesn't have any form of temperament and no no like but no scores behind him to warrant him being number eight so, uh, well, well uh, just to clarify are you talking about the top six or yofra jo ah, ah, funny uh, i well yes uh, i was i nearly i nearly bit yeah, at that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay. that, that that that's that that's my point that's my point that he'll at least come in and like uh, slog of you to give yeah, but, you but that's that's actually runs. my point ash the top six is so bad you are relying on seven and eight to prop them up with some runs if our top six was australia 2006 seven uh i yeah go all out have four top class bowlers and not care about their average but i don't think england have the luxury of not caring if their number eight and nine can do something with the bat well i'll uh Well, uh, say something rather controversial. England don't have those world-class four bowlers either. They don't have what it I, takes to get 20 wickets. Well, I agree with you to a certain degree, um, but there was some interesting stats coming out of Australia. Okay, the pitches were a bit more um, receptive mm -hmm. to our kind of bowling, but if you look at the average of the Australian batsmen, compared to previous years that we played out there, they didn't blow us away. They weren't hitting 500 continuously. It was, ironically, Travis Head and Usman Khawaja which did the major damage. Uh, if you look at what Marnus average mid-40s, yeah. uh, was Smith at late 30s, uh, Warner late 30s or late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. They, they didn't blow us away this tour. And I think our bowling, except for that first uh, innings in Hobart where they should have really hammered it down, Travis Head's like knock against us really not the stuffing out of us i think the bowling yeah. did did arguably fine if not better than that uh it was obviously the batting that let us down so i agree they're not world class anymore but they're still certainly a darn sight better than our batting well i think like because uh, there were two ping ball tests i think it did not do much justice to what uh, uh, the stats they don't tell the actual story like of course Ping ball, I don't uh, feel that it has uh, any future as such. I think other than England and Australia, no one else is kind of going for it anymore. It's like sort of... Uh, I don't know if we've played a ping ball test. They are the we? only ones who are trying to keep it alive. Do we have ping ball tests? England, they have, I think. You played against... Yep, against, I think, Pakistan or West Indies. I think there were quite a few. In India, we didn't. We don't, actually. Yeah, we did. We didn't play it when we... We, we were in England, yeah. Didn't we play a ping ball test against you? 
Was that not Ahmed Abad? I don't think so, no. Yeah, yeah. because we played all seamers. Thinking it was going to... Was that not... Anyway. Uh, I don't think so, no. Anyway. Um, so, your number eight would be Archer, but bearing in mind that Archer's a broken man, who would be your number eight going into this West Indies series? Well, I can't say eight, but if we are to look at the bowlers, I would say number one on my team hit would be Ollie Robinson. I can't forgive him for backing away for that last wicket. I can't forgive him. <laughs> Did you see how Wood, get, Wood got out? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let, let's just do the bowlers then. So for me, as Archer will be injured, you go Wood. Wood at nine. Um, the kind of outside... Wood at nine. Sh- yeah, Wood at nine. And then for me, I know people think he's past his prime, but if you look at the stats, he's not. He's getting arguably better in foreign conditions. Jimmy Anderson at 11. I want him for security. I can't sleep well at night when he's not there. So Jimmy Anderson 11. And then at number 10, yeah. it's a, a fight-off for me between the two backer awayers in Ollie Robinson and Stuart Broad. That that for me. And I do think Ollie Robinson has started very well, but there's all these reports coming out about him not maintaining his fitness well. You saw the pace he was bowling at in Australia. It was really low. It was like mid-120s. It was low, yeah. He's not quick. But I, yeah. it was it, that was odd because over in England he's he's low one thirties, and it it was odd that he was consistent. And I think I think he has that. Uh, I think he has that kind of uh, that nippy thing about the way he bowls. So he feels quicker than what he actually is. Sure. What England needs right now is 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 a bowler like uh, Josh Hazelwood who can just uh, come in, yeah. hit the deck, and uh, just uh, get it to do some things. Or that's, maybe uh, Scotty Boland. Oh, Scotty Boland. Well, that's what Someone I think like Ollie Robinson is. He's a 15k slower Josh Hazelwood. Like kissing the deck, big bounce he gets, uh, can move the ball uh, both ways. So he's a very good bowler, but he's just not got the pace. And and unfortunately, like all the new bowlers that are coming in, they tend to pick up those uh, back-of-the-hand cutters and slower balls and all those mm. T20 gimmicks, and they just... Uh, let go of their uh, classic test match bowling bowling skills, yeah. like hitting the deck, uh, swinging it in, taking it away, bowling bouncers, bowling long spells. They don't have it in them anymore. No. So I think uh, England will need to find some good uh, domestic bowlers who can uh, do that job. Shakib Mahmood. And I would love to see them finally, uh, uh, again, not a red ball candidate. Mm. I guess uh, the one guy they could have chosen was... Uh, Durham's Chris Rushworth. I just love watching him bowl, and every time I see him bowl, I feel, uh, I feel like cussing the ECB as to <laughs> what were you guys thinking when you decided not to pick him. But is he not another byproduct? He could have been of... England's answers to. But like the, you know, medium pacer getting lots of wickets on the county circuit. Well, uh, he could have at least done the job. I think he has the skills to make the ball move around. That's uh, something that could do the job. I think with this team, which cannot go any any shittier, they may as well just give uh, Darren Stevens the uh, the chance he always deserves. Uh, they should just give it to him anyway. He's gonna do. He's he's he's, he's, he's gonna do better than all of them. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, okay, Ash, finish mm. it off then. Give me your 9, 10, 11. Double quick. Well, I'll have Ollie, Wood, and Jimmy. And my spinner for, I think, the next three, four years mm. is going to be Parkinson, Matt Parkinson. That, uh, yeah. that guy, he has, uh, he has the skills to succeed. I think they should give him an extended run. Let him play six, seven, eight, ten tests. Uh, let him play in England. Let him play in uh, in uh, subcontinent or whatever. Mm. And uh, let's see how he goes. I have high hopes for him. Let's see what he does. Yeah, I'm so undecided about Matt Parkinson, but then we haven't actually seen him, so I agree. Let, let give him a go because uh, as much as he's a cult hero, I'm sorry, but Jack Leach just has not grabbed his opportunities, and he's he's had a bit of a rough run. I agree, uh, not really been believed in, but it just, it just doesn't seem like it's going to work out for him. Sadly. Okay, Ash, um, let's now move on to our questions uh, for this week. Sorry we didn't put out about asking people to send in their questions. Please do. We will do future episodes, but we just had a bit of a backlog of some questions that we wanted to try and answer. Um, Ash, shall we go with uh, the league or the league captain or Isha's question? Which one do we go for first? I think le- let's start with the league one. and Okay. And and see how things go. Yep. So another question we've this was a on a separate occasion uh that Alan our our captain for Hive Green uh sent in about what is the toughest thing being a local league captain. Um so I have a few opinions that kind of join in together on this Ash um and for me it is trying to get a team out. And I think Every local village side struggles with this. Uh, but in the years, and I, when I'm saying all this, I don't actually like blame anyone particularly. It's just, I think, a fact now that even when I started playing 10, oh, uh, 10 12 years ago, it was a case of, oh, what have I got on this weekend? Well, cricket's on. Whereas now, it's if I haven't got anything on, I will play cricket. And this mindset, and that's perfectly valid. People have different things to do, much better things to do. Cricket is a horrible game at points. But that mindset makes the captain's life really bloody hard when you're trying to get 11 players out on a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, and just a little bit. And Alan, you do a very, very good job. It is, it's a thankless task. Um, and I do think that is the toughest part. And something linking into that is when you're actually playing, and this could be a reason why people don't always want to play so consistently, is trying to balance getting people game uh, a game while trying to balance also having maybe your strongest match. So your if your bowlers are or if your batsmen sorry are also some of your best bowlers, uh, do you warrant them bowling ten overs and batting in the top four uh, when you've got some players who've given up their day and perhaps don't fit into either category, uh, or maybe even it's just a case where your number eleven batsman who's a spinner and actually that day it's the seamers taking all the wickets do you take a seamer off to give the spinner a game because it's obviously it's a lot different to when you're playing higher and higher up I remember some uni games where some players just didn't get a game because it just wasn't there for them but they still had to travel a million miles for that game and they've just got a TFC so I think that is really hard especially like when I'm saying that people don't always right now wanting to give up their weekend and if they know they're not going to get much of a game 
then they're more inclined not to. So it's that balancing act I really think is the hardest thing uh, for a village or a local league captain. A- any thoughts on that, Ash? Well, I feel like the issue has come up because uh, the the younger people coming into the game, they're not uh, they're simply not passionate enough about uh, uh, playing week in, week out, uh, like getting whatever chance they got to like maybe bowl two, three, four overs, bat at seven, eight, try and like give everything for their team, yeah. dive around the field, try and take a blinder, take a, take a couple of wickets, uh, uh, enforce a run out or do something and like uh, contribute in a certain way. Like uh, when uh, I started playing, that used to be my whole and soul motive. So that kept me going for, uh, uh, for my entire career. Ish was exactly the same. Like he was so passionate about playing mm. that he wanted to go out, wanted to bat, wanted to bowl his quota of overs, take wickets. And uh, that thing just stayed on throughout. Like we, me, him and my father, we all used to just like go out and play then uh, come back, have a lunch and then probably discuss the game for the next three, four hours. <laughs> That used to be that used that used to be fun. Like, oh, I could have played it that way, or that was a poor shot, and then you could have bowled uh, that sort of a delivery, and you know the, the usual stuff. Yeah, I can see that. So we had this thing going on. Uh, yeah, yeah. So how to how to like uh, maybe pull each other's legs, or maybe uh, appreciate each other. What what a beautiful shot that was, and. Uh, how badly someone else played or how well someone else played and how good that player was and those kind of things they 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 used to be like a, a common place at a house and uh, uh, at club cricket what i saw was like people are becoming less and less interested in uh, playing longer games it could be because yeah. of their misses it could be because of the work they're missing it could be because of uh, like life takes over at some point but uh, the bigger concern I see is that uh, in the younger people, there is the zeal of like wanting to play and wanting to do well is just uh, not there anymore. Mm-hmm. They just they don't want to try hard at all. They just want to like show up and uh, pretend that they're all uh, they're at least trying and like uh, not succeeding. I think to be able to succeed at a game, merely trying is never going to be enough. You gotta give more than that and you must learn to accept that even if you try your hard your hardest your best at times you can still end up uh, getting a first bowler mm. and going for plenty and dropping too many catches all on the same day yeah. I-, I know how that that's feels. the part and parcel of the sport we play yeah you of course of yeah, course do. you do uh yeah, yeah so hopefully that answers your question it's just that idea of balancing it all getting a team out letting people have a game um Ash, I'll let you take the lead here. Uh, we've had a question about Ish's greatest all-round performance, but take it away. Who was it from? Give us the context, and obviously then give us yeah. the answer that we've all been waiting yeah. for. Yeah, so uh, Ish's first and uh, his childhood friend, his uh, brother from another mother, uh, Deepak, has uh, asked me, like, what was uh, Ish's finest performance with the bat? So... I guess it's not with the bat, but I think I'm going to start with uh, Ish's most uh, impactful performance mm-hmm. in the game. So, 
every year there used to be a tournament here at uh, at our place at the stadium that you saw like uh, the one i have showed you several yeah. times we used to have a tournament every year where uh, we used to start uh, from 22nd or 23rd of january and 26th january used to be the the final of that game so it was 26th of january uh, like the final game and uh, uh, our team the local team we were playing in the final so ish uh, had a decent start with the bat he opened the innings and they had a couple of good uh, fast bowlers so he survived them and i think he got to about 35 36 and then um, had a um like he 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 didn't play a shot well enough and he basically chipped it to mid wicket or something he got 35 36 odd and uh, it was a 30 over game so they got about 160 odd mm. so the opposing side they were they were quite decent they had one batter who was pretty pretty good and they just couldn't uh, get him out and there was another guy who just uh, Who, who just stayed in and they were both playing quite a lot of shots so uh there was one uh, instance where uh, ish was so frustrated that uh, he threw his cap on the ground and uh, that was the last ball of the over so he he switched positions and he moved to the next one realizing that uh, he dropped his cap uh, get where he was earlier and then there was nobody around that to Uh, to pick it up so he went back took his cap came back to his position and uh, then uh, came his over where uh, they needed like uh, maybe 40 odd runs to win in uh, with the seven overs remaining so i think uh, and i think they had about like six wickets remaining as well so it was like they were cruising and um, uh the team was running out of idea so i think it was ish's last or second last over and usually he used to be a pretty fine bowler but that day he he was highly inaccurate a lot like ravi ashwin right. yeah but in that over he he redeemed the game where uh, that guy the guy who was batting well he bowled him a loosener and that guy just slog swept him for four so ish lured him into a bait he bowled it a bit flatter and fuller and then that guy he just took the bait went for a sweep again and uh, he just totally missed it i was right behind the umpire like uh, uh, in the top tier so i could see from the front and i knew that that was dead in front so we got that guy out so there was another lefty guy who walked in and ish just loved bowling to the lefties for obvious reasons did he turn the ball being an offy He absolutely did. He turned it miles. Like me. You didn't see him. You you didn't see him land. So no, I, you didn't see him land it. So like you. you I was going to say I I tried I tried to get Ish a bowl, but every time he bowled, it's like he didn't want to be want to be there. He he tried his best to get himself taken off when I when I gave him a bowl. I think he he lost that fire for bowling. I think at some point. Yeah. I think because because he became a little. erratic and uh, he just thought that okay he didn't uh, enjoy bowling as much as he used to when he was he was he was a kid so after that he got the other left-hander guy out in the same over he just bowled him an arm ball and uh, he just, the guy had no answer to it 
So those two wickets they turned the game around and our team eventually ended up winning. Yeah. So that tournament I think uh, was the was one of the finest wins our team uh, had over the years. We were the most uh, successful team of that tournament and Ish uh, had a major role to play in all the success we had. He scored a lot of runs in one of the tournaments. The first tournament we had up until that point Ish was uh, famous as a, a dead bad batsman. Right. And I think I I remember being here and uh, trying to just like give him a, a shadow practice right before he walked into bat I just told him like okay if you hit me on my shin I'll reward you with something and then I just gave him throw downs and just asked him to hit it back as hard as he could I got hit seven times <laughs> on uh, my right shin and a few more others and I all I guess I almost broke a finger as well <laughs> but that day ish got 30 or of like 15 balls which was i think 2000 times more than his uh, previous strike rate i think he never batted that fast in his life so from then on he actually started uh, scoring big runs and turned into the batsman he was eventually it's like from being a dead bat player to someone who had all yeah. the shots yeah and uh, that game i think uh, has to be his uh, most impactful game yeah. so far i think we'll uh, we'll have his batting and all the other bowling shenanigans for some other episode but i think that's uh, for for this particular question from yeah. deepak perfect his most impactful performance uh, i loved it um again as we say every week please send in not just your questions about ish but also perhaps uh, your memories of him your favorite memories you know what like obviously it's cricket podcast but even if they're not quite cricketing related and you want them being read out on the show please please do send them in uh and do that by following us on the different social media so with Instagram of course ishastri podcast and also on Twitter um we're introducing a new thing just to finish off this week uh it is as i've dubbed it ashes poll um not ashes as because we don't want to talk about that anymore but ashes poll that's not a euphemism um and it's going to be a question that ash gives out uh on instagram 20 uh, is it for the first 24 hours after the show goes live each time um where we want to hear people's opinion i think i think i think we could keep it open for quite a while but i think 24 hours could yeah. be yeah well i don't know how you do it, ash you're yeah. the much more technical social person than me i uh, or for but it will be a poll after the show to a mm. question that ash shall deliver at the end of each episode so this is the inaugural one Take it away Ash what is this week's poll Do you think uh, Shardul Thakur can be can be a captain for India in the near future Lord Shardul excellent Lord well, Shardul Lord Yeah ST10. there's there's nothing he can't do Yeah but let's hear let's hear Precisely from the people point. Yeah uh can Shardul Lord Shardul uh take King Kohli's place uh as India's next test captain but yes let's hear from you uh again as i said before check in well 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 let 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 me clarify okay. not the test oh. captain and and all format captain all format is the all rounder indian india didn't oh, have right. wow this has gone gone up a notch um so yes <laughs> let us know go check out the instagram that's where the poll will be um we are waiting to hear from you 
again, obviously send in your your questions for the next episode. Uh, where the next episode will be around I, the IPL Mega Auction. I'm very excited about it. It's an exciting time. Um, so check out that episode, which will come out in a couple of weeks. Uh, Ash, as always, it's been a joy. Always great speaking to you. And uh, look forward to speaking to you soon. I really appreciate it, mate. And I hope to see you soon. Au revoir. Thank you so much.